In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Hi, I'm John Varlis, high school reporter for The Daily Memphian, and welcome to In the Trenches. This is episode six, and we've got a very special guest this week. She is uh, as well-versed on the high school football scene as anyone. She's always out there at the games on Fridays and Thursdays, lugging around that heavy camera. I don't know how she does it, <laughs> but uh, it's Jessica Benson from Fox 24. Jessica, thanks for uh, coming down today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's nice to be sitting and not with a camera no, on it, my arm. That's the thing. Whenever I see you, and, and I always wonder, so, I mean, how, how heavy is that camera? Because I see you TV folks all the time, and you just look so tired. So and- miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of like our go-to look. Uh, you know, nice office attire is a Kind of a frown with a camera on your yeah. shoulder, but it's roughly, I want to say it's like 20 pounds. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. So I try to, my chiropractor slash massage therapist is like, you have to take it off your shoulder between plays. You cannot keep it on. So yeah. I try to be, that's what I've been working on this season is taking breaks in between because it is heavy, but sometimes I get so distracted. It's, no, it's I- like trying to tweet and trying to. Keep up with the other scores and shooting highlights at the same time. No, and you do a fantastic job. I mean, you're out you're out there, you know, like the name of this program is in the trenches. You're out there getting the work. And I know the kids really appreciate, you know, seeing their highlights. I mean, it's it's awesome stuff you do. You know, we saw you last week out at, at Kirby. I was out there too. Um kind of a weird game. I think I think, you know, a lot of people went into it with the expectation of it was gonna be a shootout. You know, both teams had really great offenses, you know. Kirby with the pass, Southwind with the run, but it wasn't a shootout. And in fact, it was a pretty much a, a dominant performance from from Southwind. What I mean, what was your takeaway from that game? Did it surprise you as much as it surprised me? Obviously, because I'm yes. still thinking about it. Yes, it did absolutely. <laughs> and it's one of those things where, from a TV reporter's take on a Friday night, you know, I'm going to two games, and so my first game, I'm really banking on going to the game that's going to be kind of a shootout. And hopefully, I mean, the perfect world is you get a touchdown from both teams. That's all you're looking for. Right. Because then no matter who comes and wins, you're featuring both teams. If it's a blowout, sure, you get two from from the same. But I would have I would have gone into that game expecting to get two quick offensive drives from Kirby, and it would have been a struggle to get a highlight from Southland, even if they had come back and won. Instead, as you mentioned, just a completely different script than what – I expected you had Southwind on that third and long and they take off for the 95 yard touchdown to start the game. And then they kind of controlled the tempo. They controlled possession. The rest of the first, I was there for the entire first half and did not get a Kirby highlight, which pretty much sums up how that game went for Kirby. Yes. There were a ton of penalties. I know on the Kirby sideline, people were heated. I, there were like a good, I said in my highlights that night, a gajillion first half flags, which was exact. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least, at least a gajillion, (laughs) but they just, Kirby just kept shooting themselves in the foot and, and Southland really capitalized on it. And I know that's something I've seen with Coach Slocum through the years, I've now been here a little over three years, and he always has that that talent that's there. Like the base is there on those Southwind teams. And this year's team really looks like they have been able to kind of take that to the next level. I was at their very first game of the season against Collierville, which they should have won. Um, and that was Joe Racconi's first game at Collier at the nice Collierville facilities, and they came back and won it at the last moment. And I kind of thought to myself in that moment, 
oh no, Southwind is going to, you know, have another season like I've seen these last few years. But this win against Kirby, I mean, you come in and you take what was the number one passing offense in the region. They hadn't allowed a point themselves. So you had a super balanced offensive defensive team within Kirby. And for Southwind to shut them out 20 to nothing is incredible. I mean, that's just... You never want to say unexpected high school football is so, you know, anything can happen on any given Friday night, kind of no matter where the talent matches up. But in that case, props to Southwind because Draylon Ellis couldn't really do much. They're really good running back. What's it? Charles Thomas, Charles Thomas couldn't yeah. get going. Yeah. And instead, you have a night where Ramal Webb is just great. I mean, and Slocum always says, he always tells me, I want my teams to play like a tough batch of cookies that was kind of no, his like slogan over want, the last couple to, years he wants them to be tough guys and not yeah soft, soft batch batches cookies. of cookies that's right. it that's it i think you should get it on a t-shirt <laughs> um and i remember in a game like last year i asked him and he's like no we're just a bunch of soft cookies this season and and i saw nothing but tough guys out on the field out at kirby on friday no and i and i think that was the key i mean i mean you made two great points number one is is yeah, Kirby came in with the top-rated offense with Draylon Ellis, who's a fantastic quarterback. You know, he's going to Austin P, so obviously he's really talented. But you know, he was he was completely shut down. And and I think what the key was, and, and I did something at that game that I don't often do, but I watched it from the sidelines, and you could just see the physicality of of the Southwind guys, particularly the cornerbacks, the way they just kind of bodied up and got physical with Kirby's receivers. You know, Kirby's receivers were a little small and a little you know, less imposing, let's say. And they just got physical with them. And it was just a, you know, even though it was 20 to nothing, it, it you know, in, in a way it felt like it, it was. It felt more. It felt like <laughs> it, was, it felt, like it 40 felt 20 to nothing. to nothing at halftime exactly. when I left. And it was, you know, the it was myself and a photographer for WMC and a photographer for WRG. And we're all out there trying to get to our next games. And we're trying to give Kirby every opportunity to get a highlight. And, you know, from an, Maybe something that people don't realize from a TV perspective, when you have, you want to showcase all the best players in this region. And that's something that I've really worked on on Twitter is making sure to get highlights out and get kids a chance to be seen. And you say Draylon Ellis, he's committed to Austin P, but he's been tremendous this season. And I really looked forward to going to that game to get Austin P some love and to, you know, really rack up some highlights because I know he's done it. We just haven't been there. That's the problem with TV is we can't be at every game. So then for something like that to happen where maybe he has, you know, that was obviously his worst game of the season. um, it's, It's always hard for me. I'm such a I don't know. I get attached to all these kids and oh, just yeah. want to highlight them in whatever way I can. No, it, so, it, it, but he it, is a tremendous quarterback. It was just a rough night. It, it is hard. It's the same thing from a you know coverage standpoint. You know, from from what we do here. You know, you can only go to. I mean, we can only go to one game a week. I can only go right. to one game a week. I, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility in that. But yeah, when you you know, it's almost like you know you're giving these guys their chance to shine, and then they don't shine. It's it's tough. But but yeah. So all right, we're moving on from Kirby. I mean, we got some. Awesome games this week. Uh, I, I think one that I'm kind of interested in, and I I, I kind of know how it's going to go, but I think it's still going to be intriguing a little bit. Is is MUS uh, hosting Fairly this week? I mean, and I I think you've covered Fairly, uh, yeah. right, Terry yeah. Wilkins? So, and-, and my boss. Doc Holiday. He went oh, yeah. to Fairly. Oh, Doc so Logan Twenty Four Sports Director Doc Holiday is Fairly. <laughs> and so he always makes sure that we've been, you know, on the Fairly train from the beginning and just seeing what Gene has done with that team over these last few seasons. We're we're with that team a lot. Um I'm 
would never say like we play favorites, but we've definitely been at a lot of fairly games. Right. And so to see what they've done, I mean, this game against MUS, like Gene Robinson schedules these games for a reason. We've seen him, you know, with playing Whitehaven and who else did they, they played, is it Hernando that they lost? Fairly played. Yeah. That's the only right, game yeah. they lost so is 6A Mississippi exactly. school. So yeah. they lost and they got shot. It was a tough game for them, but that's entirely by design by Coach Robinson so that when they get around to the playoffs this year, I mean, talking to this team ahead of the season, this is a state championship or bus kind of mentality. Like anything less will be considered a disappointment for this year's team. So I'm really excited to see what Terry Wilkins is able to do against this MUS defense. I think it's a little it, – it's, it's probably the biggest challenge that he'll face – this year, I mean, they've just been running over. Oh, absolutely, their yeah. region opponents. I yeah, mean, they have against they Mitchell last their... week. I thought Mitchell might be one that would give some, no, not like fairly would lose the game, but it would maybe be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. And I mean, they just trounced him. Yeah, they haven't lost a region game in in two and a half years now. I mean, you know, yeah. we're halfway through this season, but yeah, I mean, Terry Wilkins is extremely talented, and and the thing with MUS, and I've seen them a couple of times, is even though they're four and one, I, I don't know that they've still played their best game well that and i don't know if they've even found their identity yeah. yet you know they're still they're still working a two quarterback yep. system with uh you know vop binge and edwin shy and and uh you know like two scholar athletes on sonic sports blast by the oh, way oh is that right yep. well congrats two, congrats. Of our, two of our four <laughs> scholar athletes this season have been the two mus quarterbacks mus so. is full of scholar yes, athletes, but no doubt and, and then you know they got big marcus henderson up, up front who was uh you know this week got his jersey for the under armor game and he's going to go there in january and represent memphis well in orlando but you know uh, aside from the obvious talent they have i just you know i'm just not sure if, if even they know quite what they are yet so you know i mean if you know if you put a gun to my head obviously i think they'll they'll beat fairly right you know just from a size differential and mm -hmm. a you know, a numbers, you know, matchup situation kind of thing. But I think it's going to be a pretty good test for both teams, and I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out. I think the X factor going into this one, obviously Terry Wilkins is who we focus on so much, but Cody Jones at oh, yeah. Fairley has Love just been Cody. a tremendous athlete. And he had a touchdown last week that was just, like, absurd. I mean, he should have been taken down. He spun out. He avoided, like, six tackles. It was, it was just watching one of those – plays that should not have ended up being a touchdown and it was which are our favorite kind of highlights to get on a Friday night but that's the thing is that everyone knows about Terry but Fairley has some really good athletes both on both sides of the ball that they can surprise you a little bit and maybe this MUS game isn't the quote-unquote big non-region game they win but if they keep built if Gene Robinson stay I think he'll get scooped up by some more bit because he's just he's an amazing coach but if he stays or if Fairley is able to continue on this train, one day they will win one of these games because it's just trending in that direction. No, I think you're totally right in everything you just said. I think Gene Robinson is like the the football version of, you know, Faraji Phillips. I yeah. don't, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily go from high school to college directly, but I, I think maybe his next step is maybe a bigger high school. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean – you know, Rodney Salisbury is not going to be a Whitehaven forever. So, I mean, so know, someone's going to have to yeah, take so, over you, at you some know, point. I'm just speculating. And I know, there, but, I mean, Salisbury has been obviously a mentor to yeah. Gene too. So. Yeah. Well, and, and especially coach Harmon too, the yeah. defensive coordinator, I mean, they're super close. And so that, I mean, that's, that's actually a really good tradition, uh, transition to another great game this week. Whitehaven, uh, four and one, 
you know, with some really impressive victories. Uh, they, you know, they're going over to Cordova, and you know, I, I'm excited because it's going to be my first chance this year to see Whitehaven, and I can't wait to see the uh, the three amigos at linebacker. You know, Bryson Eason. Uh, Martavius French and of course to Mary McDonald. You know what? what do you, I love to call them the three amigos. Yeah, I'm going to have to take that what, one. What do you think of those guys over there and, and Whitehaven's chances uh, going forward? I mean, I, that defense. Like that's what we all thought it was going to be going into this season, and now it's it's as good as advertised, if not better than advertised. You just have seen these kids grow. I remember interviewing. Martavius and Bryson Eason when they were sophomores and just the sides. And I honestly, looking back, Rodney Salisbury told me then, he said, I truly believe that these two kids could play Division One football right now as sophomores. And now, obviously, they're SEC caliber level players and you throw in Tamara and McDonald in that mix. And it's just, it's great. I'm very curious about this game. I have not seen either of these teams play in person, but I've seen the highlights come back in through the studio. Um, the Central Cordova game was our very first game of the week this season, and I was shocked with how that played out. Um, no knock to Cordova. I just thought Central was going to be better than how they started out this year. So to see Cordova do that, but then to see Cordova lose to Bartlett this past week, and, and Bartlett is a team that is trending in the right direction, but you still expected based on the wins Cordova has been able to get this year that they might have been able to pull out that game. So I I would still, get like you said with the MUS Fairly game, I would pick Whitehaven just because, duh, it feels yeah. like in a situation. I mean, they're now, what, third in the AP State poll. The talent is there. They look very much like a team who can contend for a state title this season, but I'm not ruling out Cordova because they've already surprised me multiple times this year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Cordova, you know, they played well against uh, Central. I saw them against Germantown. They looked, you know, yeah, that was the other game, the they, second game. They of looked the season. really yeah. good, really good there for about maybe three quarters. You know, Germantown made that game. Uh, a little bit closer than the this final score would have indicated, but yeah, they're they're a really good team. Cameron Wimberly, you know, the coach's son is actually a pretty darn good quarterback. You know, he's not uh, he's not the big, you know, the big three hundred yard guy game like you know Draylon Ellis. He had for a great example. game against Lausanne. He did. That was, I mean, very rolling accurate. off of that. I think that's why I expected him to kind of take from that and put up better numbers against Bartlett, just because. I mean, that was Cordova was the first area team to beat Lausanne and. How long? Oh, uh, since Four, 2016, 15, I think. 16? Yeah. 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 So a time. to to roll with that. Yeah, no, he's been impressive. I'm glad to know he is the coach's son. I always assumed, but I never had yeah, he, he, <laughs> clarification. And, and, I was Matas. Well, and, and you can and you can kind of tell because he knows the offense. He's he's accurate. He doesn't try to play outside of himself. You know, like like I say, he's not gonna, you know, you know, chunk it downfield, you know, ten times a game and mm -hmm. try to hit the home run. He's, you know, he's a he's a game manager, but he, you know, I'm, I don't say that disparagingly because he, he's a very good one. He plays within himself, and and uh, you know that that kid they have over there too, Daquan Bevel, the running back. He's going to be a pretty good test for Whitehaven. But but like you, I, I think I think Whitehaven wins. I think they just have uh, so much talent over there. And and I, rem you know, you talked about interviewing French and Eason when they were sophomores. I, I actually first met Eason when he was a freshman <laughs> um I went over there to interview somebody else and I, I was you know talking to the coaches kind of hanging out afterwards and, and Eason walks up and he kind of tried to 
in he tried to kind of insert himself into the conversation and say, you know, when are you going to interview As me? As a freshman, yeah, exactly. that shows the confidence you know, when, that yeah, he had you know, right off the you bat. Need to, you know, you need to interview me too, kind of thing. He you know he was joking, and, and and coach was like, you get out of here, you're just a freshman, but <laughs> your you time know, will come, and, and it is now. It has definitely come. Um, last 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 game I wanted to touch with, and and I think it's a really intriguing one, and uh, and you and I talked about it before we got started, but Wooddale. Um, they go to Lausanne. Wooddale is four and one. Lausanne is two and two. Um, you know, coming off an impressive win over Harding Academy. Um, but I think Wooddale is going to be a surprisingly good test for those guys. And they have uh, a player that I know you're really high on. I'm really high on. And I, I think a lot of colleges are starting to get kind of high on too is, is John Jones, the quarterback. What do you think of, uh, John and, and, uh, Wooddale and their chances um, against Lausanne this week. Wooddale is like my little sleeper team. I I do not know how good they are in this game against Lausanne will be, you know, a a good test for them and will maybe kind of give us a more complete picture of the talent that Wooddale has this year. But I first saw Wooddale in the Jamboree at Crump before the season. And John Jones was just very rarely do players stand out in a Jamboree. It's just the nature of it. It's, it Maybe guys that you know from past seasons, just people you're familiar with, but John Jones jumped off the field to me. And I went back and I remembered his name. And so fast forward to last week and to go back to talking about that Kirby Southwind game, my second game of the night was Wooddale Craigmont. Okay. And so as I was saying, you know, we're hoping for lots of highlights. I show up at the Wooddale Craigmont game and it was 38 to 6. At half, and that is a worst nightmare situation yeah. for a sports reporter yeah. because running clock, um, just not, your chances of getting anything is slim. Well, and and the good players are probably on the sidelines. Exactly, nine <laughs> times, nine point nine <laughs> times out of ten, the good players are on the sideline. So first offensive series of the second half for Wooddale, John Jones trots out there, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> put him out there. Let's go. Let's see what this kid is made of. And he, you know, he led a, I think he had like a 47-yard run. There was a little chip run in between, and then he punched it in. And I'm like, okay, I got I got highlights. He looks good. Great with his legs. I Truly one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks that I've seen in this area. He's a fantastic runner. Um, Wooddale comes out, running clock again, so things are moving speedy. Start of the fourth. He comes out in the air. It's like a 60-yard touchdown pass. So he's got that deep ball, too. And just to see... I joked I in my highlights that I was like straight savage, like Wooddale's up with a running <laughs> clock and they come up and add two more touchdowns. But I also know when a camera shows up and this touches on, you know, trying to get kids in the spotlight, yeah. sometimes coaches will keep their best players out there for the opportunity to be seen. And someone like John Jones, who is trending up right now, I just think he's really good. And I'm really excited to see what he's able to put up against this Lausanne team. They've scored 50-plus in two straight games. That's no fluke. He drives that offense. I think he had two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns last Friday, and he's just super balanced. And because of him, that offense is really balanced. Defensively, I don't know. Craigmont was probably not the best eyeball test for me to see what the Wooddale defense is actually all about, but, I mean, they were solid that night. Well, well, the thing about Craigmont is, you know, they have a, a – really terrific under the radar player in their own right in the in the running back Mike Cashaw and and you know having Well not, they stopped him down. That's what I mean yeah. having having not seen the game but judging from the score you know they they did a great job stopping Mike and and he's you know he's a legit running back very good and you know, he has been for the last 2 years but but yeah when you know when I look at John Jones I don't you know, I look at you know last year he was 
about 65% with his completion accuracy. I think this year it's just a little down. But like you said, he can make plays with his legs. You know, I look at I look at him in, as, as like a, a Dan Ellington type, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. A, a, a real dual threat athlete that might not go to the big college, but, you know, certainly can play somewhere and is going to go to college somewhere and, and help win games. And, and I, I, you know – you know, even before you got here, Wooddale's always had talent. They're, 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 you know, they're a program. You just, like you said, you just don't hear much. They go about their business and, and they're having, you know, they're putting together a really good season. And I think they're, you know, got a chance to make some noise in the, the 3A playoffs, you know, particularly if everybody stays healthy and all right. that good stuff. So cool. Yeah. I, I like to see that. That's one of my favorite things about being here now is like there are still teams that, managed to surprise me or still teams that come up every year and I think that talks about the depth of high school football in Memphis and how that continues to grow because you're not just getting this I mean yes you have the White Havens that are feel like they're always going to be in it um but to have a school like Fairley over the last couple of years yep. to come up and and Wooddale looks like a team that that can do that right now. And Kirby, Kirby's been great, obviously, even though this past week, not so much. <laughs> not so much. But yeah, you know, Wooddale, Freedom Prep, you know, they're Yes, having, I have not seen Freedom Prep this year, but I hear people keep telling me I need to get out to a Freedom Prep game. It's so fun. You know, Quin- Quincy Briggs, you know, actually Quincy Briggs has gotten looks from people like, he's a sophomore, he's gotten looks from already people like Stanford and Notre Dame because he's a student, you know, as, as well as a okay. good player. So yeah, they're terrific. Go check them out if you can. Um, last question, and I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot cause I'm not going to ask you to single out one in particular, but where, when you go out to a game, where, where's, you know, where are some of the favorite venues you like to go to? Where, where do you <laughs> I have was a, just a having great this time? conversation? I love going, this will probably be an answer that maybe surprises people. I love going to Melrose and there's one reason and one reason why. And that's because the parking attendants are so nice. <laughs> they take such good care of me. They always have a spot they always have a smile on their face and it just feels good to roll in there because it feels like they're grateful for us to be whatever game it is i i go there on a lot of thursday nights yeah. for some of the smaller school action and i just i don't know it's a good it's a good place that i enjoy you can see sunsets really nicely from there <laughs> but i i love going there and then the other place which is weird that i haven't been there this year but lausanne um just yeah. Le Castro and his entire coaching staff over there has always, from from my very first day here, they have been one of the most welcoming staffs. I feel like a member of that family when I show up at that school. So yeah. I'll give those two as okay, my, my that's awesome. Two. Uh, and and uh, I really wish you could have gone to Melrose back in the heyday. I've heard. I've heard uh, it was crazy. Yeah, as nice as, as as fun as it is now, and everything you say is true. There are you know really great people back th- you know over there, but. You know, back in the day when Melrose was rolling, I mean, that stadium was packed. You know, they would, you know, people would come out from the neighborhood with food and and they would sell it through holes in the fences. So if you wanted to buy like a, you know, something that wasn't at the concession stand, if you wanted to buy like, you know, some, Anything. you know, a burger or what, just whatever, you know, people would just come from their houses See, and, and sell it and you hand them four or five bucks and they hand it through the hole. It's it incredible. I mean, what else could you ask for? No. And I am thinking now, I think my mom would kill me if I didn't include Whitehaven in my best places because I took her to a Whitehaven football game when she came and she fell in love with that team with everything about it she loves to see what principal Hunter is wearing um because we would do like the Whitehaven classic on CW30 the last couple of years and so she would always come out for that and so every Friday night when I I usually call her on my drive back from my games to the station and she goes did Whitehaven win tonight I'm like 
Yes, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there, but most likely, yes. <laughs> That's a safe answer. Yeah, doc, Dr. Hunter is the best. I the, the first year they went to the state championship in 2012, they interviewed him at halftime of the game, and he was wearing yeah, like, I remember, that was my, like one of these yeah. tiger hats, and you know he had a, a thing with lights on, and and uh, you know my one of my buddies texted me, who's a, a you know a fellow uh, journalist, and he he says that guy's the principal. I'm like, oh yeah, he, oh yeah, he's the principal, and he you know he does a great job over there. He I mean he commands so much respect over there he just he just has to get on stage and look at the kids and you know they'll eventually shut up i remember interviewing vincent hunter last year and he was like yeah my dad's the principal and i was like your dad's the principal and he was like yeah and i was like your dad is the coolest person in the world oh yeah yeah well thank you jessica so much i mean we could sit here and tell Absolutely. stories all day but it, that was a really really great insight and i appreciate you so much and um what game are you going to be at this week I don't know. Okay. Good question. Right. We'll see. I don't even know what our game of the week is, so stay tuned. Okay, but yeah. you can see it on, we have Local Prep Live that airs at around 1020 on Local 24, and then Sonic Sports Blast airs at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. over on CW30. So we have a whole half-hour show devoted to high school sports, and this time of year it's pretty much all high school football. So check it out, and we love what we do over there. Definitely check it out. And um, you, you, you and everybody over there, the whole crew does a great job. Thank you. We L- appreciate it. A lot of respect it. to you guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of In the Trenches. You can look forward to new episodes every week on Wednesday afternoons. And be sure to follow me at John Varlis on Twitter. And you can find this podcast and more from the Daily Memphian anywhere you get your podcast, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, the Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.